Think you need to compromise who you are to advance your career as a black or brown woman? Think again. Because there's a playbook for corporate America and those aren't the rules. But you won't find it in college or on the job. I know, because I learned the hard way. And now I'm here to show you how the game is played. Hi, I'm Linda Talaferro, the Vice President of Quality at a global technology company and founder of The Tea, The Extra Effort, where I help black and brown women like you change the trajectory of their career with one-on-one coaching, workshops, and this podcast, Being Brown at Work. If you want to know how black and brown women are navigating everything from microaggressions to being the only person of color in the room so they can blaze their trail through corporate America, listen now. Greetings, greetings, everyone. And yes, as I always kick off these sessions, favorite time of the week, favorite time, being Brown at Work Live. And we have a new guest. I know those of you that are watching live, it's a face you haven't seen, but after this month's sessions, these first and third Tuesdays, you will not forget this young lady. So let me introduce you to Ashwini Balasubramanian. She is the General Manager, Advanced Engineering at Harley-Davidson. Yes, I said Harley-Davidson. In this role, she leads all aspects of advanced engineering, including test and reliability engineering, core engineering, and innovation teams. Ashwini is also responsible for delivering modal cycle leading innovation and technology roadmaps across the motorcycle portfolio. Now, you you got to love a woman that's responsible for motorcycles. Yes. Over her career, Ashwini has had extensive experience in leadership leading global engineering and sales and marketing teams. She most recently served as a global director for market intelligence strategy at Martin Rea International. Prior to that, she served as an engineering manager for ZF North America and a vehicle development and technology team leader for Toyota. She also was an NVH engineer at Bosch. Ashwini holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering from India and a Master's of Science of Mechanical Engineering from the University of Michigan. Go Blue, another connection. Love my engineering women. And of course, Michigan grads. She also is Certified Sustainability Excellent Associate. Automotive News named her a rising star in 2019. She also holds a patent on headliners and vehicles with improved speech transmission characteristics. Okay, I'm going to read that again because I didn't give that justice. This woman holds a patent on headliners and vehicles with improved speech transmission characteristics. Phenomenal. Ashwin, Ashwin serves on the advisory board for the Center for Automotive Diversity, Inclusion, and Advancement, which is also Cadia, most of you know, and is the president of the Automotive Women's Alliance Foundation, AWAF. She is very passionate about DEI and is committed to supporting women reach their professional and personal goals. She was recently recognized by Cadia with the Power of One Award for her perseverance in the DEI space. Ashwini, it's such an honor to have you being Brown at Work Live. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Um, it's It feels really strange when someone reads about you in front of you. <laughs> but, but thank you. Thank you for that introduction. I really appreciate you having me as well. 
Oh, it is such an honor. Such, such an honor. I mean, we've got so much connection. I see Bosch. I started my career at Bosch. We're a mechanical engineer. I'm a mechanical engineer by degree. You went to Michigan. I went to Ross and AWAF. That's right. Yes. AWAF. And ZF too. And ZF. That's right. Exactly. How could I forget that? How could I forget that? Well, you know, Ashwini is when you and I talked about, you know, preparing for these lives this, this month, you know, we both shared um, a passion around helping women understand that their voice is powerful. One, that they have one and that it's powerful to recognize it and exercise it. And we're going to really expand a lot on that at our second session on May 16th. But if you don't mind, I would love if you kind of just would look back in your mind's eye a little bit, right? At the beginning of your career, can you share a little bit about how it was for you as an only, we share that commonality as well, in such a a focused technical industry? And did you struggle with finding your voice early on? Yeah, I I did, Linda. You know, it's... It's more common than we like it to be, and it's more mm. common than it should be. Um, yes. You know, when I went to college in India for my bachelor's, I was one of two women the entire four years of college for mechanical engineering, right? So even today, the amount of enrollment in mechanical engineering in India is only 5% female, right? So wow. it is not a stream of engineering that women choose very frequently. It's very infrequent, right, for women to choose that. So I was never uncomfortable being amongst male colleagues, right? I I became very comfortable, one, because I had to, sure, um, you know, and two, I always thought, I love this stuff, right? I love engineering. Yeah, yes. And my parents always told me, you know, you you decide what you want to be, you decide how far you want to go, don't let anyone else decide what you can do and cannot do, right? Um, so that that always stuck with me all the time. The way they raised me, they never made me feel like I was a girl. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. Wonderful. Uh, they always let me dream big, right? There were no restrictions whatsoever. But despite all that, I think I always, initially at least, I struggled to find my voice, right? Mm. I was always somebody that was very much a conformist. So I tried to fit in. Um, right. And I remember coming to the U.S. I still kind of had the same mindset. Right. And I remember being at work and, um, you know, the guys that would work with me were really friendly. There was no problem with that. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, and, you know, there were times when I'd say, raise my hand and say, hey, guys, I'm here. You need to still watch what you're saying. <laughs> you know. Right. And, yes. Yeah. And and the 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 guys would say, Ashwini, you're not a girl. You're a bro. You're one of us. You know, we forget you're a girl. And I remember feeling so proud of myself. Like I've arrived. I'm one of the bros. I fit in finally, right? Um, but until I had my first child, I didn't realize how it, important it was to actually not try to fit in. Ah. You know. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Can we pause right there? Yes. Yes. That is what you just said is so powerful. I think for women, right? Correct. Because we feel like that is what we have to do. Correct. You know, and it's, I'm Correct. so glad you said that because I had somebody mention it to me not long ago. Linda, how can I? show up in the room, but still be a woman, still be female, still be me. So powerful what you just said. Go ahead, finish. So after I had my child and I came back, I realized I didn't actually fit in. Like my challenges were so different than everybody else. 
And it was not that people were vicious or malicious, right? I always like to believe people have positive intent. I like to start from that point unless somebody gives me reason not to. Right. 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 So, but what I realized is because I never talked about what kind of challenges I had, I was so focused on fitting in and being one of the bros. I had done myself a disservice and I had done my organization a disservice. Wow. I think motherhood basically forced me to come out of that shell. Right. It's that I got to talk about the challenges I have. It's very unique. It's very different. If I don't, they're never going to understand who I am. Right. And I remember um, being in meetings before I became a mom, like I'd have this idea in my head. Right. I'd want to say it. And I in my head, I'm like rehearsing this so many times. It's like, I'm going to say it. And then they're going to ask this question and I'm going to respond this way. By the time I'm done rehearsing in my head, they'd have moved on to another topic. (laughs) Or another man would have said the same said the thing same and they'd thing. say, great idea, right? So I yeah. realized that most of the issue actually lied within me, right? Mm. I was more intrinsic than extrinsic. I'm not saying there are no extrinsic issues. There are. Sure. But I had to first overcome the intrinsic issues. Yes. They were twofold, right? One was the self-doubt that I had, right? Constantly rehearsing in my head, thinking yep. about it's going to sound intelligent or sound dumb. So I had to overcome that because people can't see self-doubt. The only way they see it is it manifests in the form of a lack yes. of confidence, right? Yes. Uh, so it, it, And people don't know what to do with it because they feel like if you're not confident, you have to work on that. I can't help you. Can't help you. Yes. Right. So that so intrinsic true. block we have to overcome. And I remember talking to myself and saying, I have two engineering degrees. I can't be that dumb. You know, things that come out of my mouth shouldn't be and can't be that dumb. So I, I had to kind of coach myself, yes, yeah. talk to myself and bring myself up to the fact that, okay, if it doesn't land well, that's fine, you know, but mm. I'm still going to say it. Mm-hmm. But I realized that once I started doing that, Linda, it actually was so well received, right? So that's why I said, not doing that, I was restricting myself yes. from what I could offer to the organization. The second part is once I had the child, the first child, um, you know, I, I, I'd have different kinds of challenges. Like I had to leave on time to go pick up the kid from daycare. If she was sick, then I had to figure out with my working spouse, how do we manage this, right? Sickness doesn't just go off in a day. It lasts all week sometimes. That's right. There are magnets, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of stuff, I felt like, should I say it? Should I not say it? Or should I be a professional and just stick to the projects that I'm working on? And then I said, this is too stressful. You know, I'm not able to function fully as a, an effective employee. And I'm frustrated because I'm not able to do that. When I go mm. back home, I'm not able to function as a um, good mom either. Yes. Right? So it's it's like that piece of it, I, I had to figure out and say, okay, I'm going to let my personal and professional lines blur a little bit. Yes. I'm going to bring myself to work fully. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Look, so many jewels you just dropped. (laughs) Totally. One of our live watchers said, Kiana, thank you for joining us. She said, people can't see self-doubt. Love that. Yes. I loved it too, Kiana, when she said it, it was everything. But oh my, okay. So Ashwini, I often say who we are personally is who we are professionally. Correct. I also say we have to get out of our own way. Yes. And you just, in all that wonderfulness you just shared, how you were in your own way, 
Second guessing yourself, wanting to conform. I found it interesting that you said, should I be professional? I found that interesting, right? Correct. And you defined professionalism as Correct. if it had to be different. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Keep going. It's just so many jewels. I just had to stop there. That <laughs> no, was no, just no. That's so okay. Casual. Yeah. Yeah. So I think because of that, right. So at one point I said, I'm not effective in either of my roles. Yes. You know, I'm not effective as a mom. I'm not effective as a professional working um, individual either. I'm going to let this blur. I'm going to let it go wherever it goes. Right. So yeah. I started talking about, you know, I have a hard stop. I need to leave because I have to go pick up my daughter today. Or I said, hey, I have a recital that I need to go to. I'm going to leave by four. So if you have any meetings after four, unfortunately, I won't be able to join, but I'll come back tomorrow and I'll catch up. What I realized is it did two things, right? So one, it made me realize people actually didn't have a problem. They were willing to work around your schedule. It was all in your head. Sometimes, you know, People were okay with that. The second thing it did, I think it gave the men the power to talk about their personal lives too. Wow. Right? Because usually yes. the, the, the caregiving problem, especially when it comes to kids, is not just a mom problem. It's a parenting it problem. Yes. Right? So I feel like me bringing those things to work allowed my male colleagues to also talk about it. Right. They said, yes. I got to go too. You know, I don't want to. So it, it took that taboo out of saying, if I have to leave at a certain time, I'm not being a professional. Right. I'm not keeping living up to the standards that I'm expected to be behaving in a certain manner. But it's like if you can't fulfill the most important duty of your life, which is being a parent, you've chosen to be one. Exactly. If you can't make time and fulfill that duty well, how are you going to be a full-fledged, committed working employee? Yeah. Right. So, so I had to come to that realization and I feel like it was a journey, right? It didn't happen overnight. I had right. to practice it. It had to become more normal for me because it felt very unnatural for me to do that initially. Yeah, yeah. And 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 if I could ask Ashwini, because you know, clearly what we tell ourselves, you know, it's amazing the story or the, the storylines we tell ourselves, right? That nine times out of ten has nothing to do with the true situation or this, you know, what's going on. Yeah. But what you shared with me in the beginning, which I've loved is that your parents, you know, really instilled in you this, this belief that you could do and be anything. Right. Correct. And as an uh, East Indian woman and, and being in a male dominated environment and you're two women in your entire class of engineering, and yet you, you, you come into this space recognizing that, you know, there is really no difference. You said you struggled with getting there. What do you think was the root of your struggle? Because some of us come in from an environment where we kind of really second guess or we have, you know, whatever's going on in our childhood that drives some of that self-doubt, yeah. Yeah, some yeah. of that you know, low confidence. So where did, where was the root of your second guessing? You're one thinking, okay, wait a minute, I this can't be professional for me. Where did that come from? So yeah. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the societal construct you grow up in, mm. right? So India has a very hierarchical, very conformist yes. type of culture. Like if you have somebody that's, you know, high, older than you, or if you have somebody that's in a hierarchical position, that's where you're reporting to someone, you never contradict what they're saying. It's mm. considered disrespectful, um, you know, and as, as a woman, you're expected to be this epitome of grace, of patience and all these things that sometimes is 
humanely impossible to keep up and live up to, right? So it felt like these were all the different stereotypes I had built in my head, right? Not because of anything else other than just observing the world around me, right? The way the world treated women, the way that, you know, this is your place and this is how we expect you to behave. Um, I remember having conversations with my girlfriends after I had my first child. I decided to go part-time for six months just to, you know, figure out, Right. What do I want to stay in the workplace? Do I want to be a full-time mom? What is it I want to do? Right. Let me try to figure this out without stepping away from the workplace and losing my spot. So I went part-time and I remember some of my friends back home would say, you know, do you think you can really take care of your child, you know, going to work? I don't remember anybody asking my husband that question ever. Mm. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I felt like, you know, why is parenting a single duty? It's a double duty. You know, two people's partnership is what's in in the game, right? So, um, but when I went part-time, you know, I love my kids to death, Linda, but I figured out I am not a stay-at-home mom type. Yes. Right. Right. Neither was I. Yeah, for my sanity, for my husband's sanity, and for my kids' sanity, I had to have that workplace where I could kind of use my own creativity, Mm -hmm. my own, you know, brain trust to do what I wanted to do. Yeah, and then I was, I felt like I was such a such a more um, more effective mom and wife, and whatever other roles I had to play. If I took that workplace joy away from me, I was just like a deflated balloon. Right, I had no energy. Yeah, I think I had to figure that out also. But while I was figuring that out, you can tell it, it, it it's almost like once you have the child, people think, well, oh, can you still work on the projects you were working on? And I'm like, you know, maternity is not a process where you lose brain trust. You know? <laughs> Your brain's still intact. Yes, my body has changed, but my brain is still brain. intact, right? So it, right. it's like that. That's why whenever I have team members, I always tell and coach people on my team that are people leaders. And I say, we have to flip the script. Yes. We should not ask the women, are you going to come back part-time? You know, do you want to work full-time? We're going to ask the question of how can we make this process seamless when go. you come back? Exactly. Right? So Absolutely. that it doesn't feel cumbersome when you come back to work after you've taken your maternity break. Absolutely. I, I think we need to flip that script. Oh, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So Ashwini, you know, being, you know, a, a, a woman of color coming into the environment that you've been in, uh, such a heavily dominated male field, you said, hey, I was always comfortable around guys, um, wanted to be one of the bros, realized, realized I didn't have to be and still could yeah. be, you yeah. know, as as dominant and, and present um, and being a full woman. You know, as you went through some of your roles and experiences uh were there were there ever any time that you kind of ran into a wall that people were like uh, yeah you think you're present but you're really not did you experience anything Are you like that from more of being present in the moment or no just being in being a, a woman a woman of color in a uh, workplace in a male dominated environment such that you might have been in the space or experienced had had an experience where, hey, I, I'm here, I'm providing value, I know that I bring value, yet it wasn't quite welcomed, although you were pretty comfortable, you had worked through the societal yeah. norms yeah, and yeah. all those other things, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I think, like I said before, we have the intrinsic yeah. roadblocks, and then yeah. we have the 
extrinsic ones, extrinsic, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So when we think about the extrinsic ones, I remember I was in a situation where I was having a career development discussion with a potential mentor, right? Um, and we're talking about, you know, what what are your um, career aspirations? You know, what so I always like to think of my career from a skill set standpoint, right? What ah, sort okay. of skill sets do I need to gather? It's not it's more not more from a role or a title, it's more about skill set. So yeah. that that basically continues to have help you evolve and have yes. a broader broad depth impact and breath. And yes. right? Yes, uh, yes. That you become that asset that you become the obvious choice when a impact yes. opens Love up. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So I was having this discussion, right? And the mentor, I think it did come from, like I said, I want to believe there's positive intent there. So it, sure. it did. So it, came, it probably came from a place of positive intent. So the the guy looks at me and says, you know, you have a family, you have little kids, right? Um, for you to be able to get to that sort of skill set, you probably have to have PL experience, which means maybe some manufacturing ops experience is required. I don't know if you can pull that off. Wow. Right. Um, so and I, I was a very disappointed, right? They said maybe you should try something more that's, you know, maybe IT based or something mm-hmm. that allows you to have more of a flexibility flexible and, you know, desk yeah. job that uh, gives you the room. So like, I think they were trying to help me out, mm-hmm. but I was actually very disappointed. Right. Right. Because I said, you know, one, we're not talking about what are the skill sets you need to be in your next role. And instead of saying, these are the gaps and how are we going to put a plan to towards mm-hmm. it? Yeah. It felt like someone else was deciding what I can or cannot do. cannot do. do. Yes. So remember, my parents always said, don't let anybody decide. So mm-hmm. the, the way I walked away from that discussion was I said, well, one, I'm not going to go to that person again. Person for again. Discussion. <laughs> Clearly. That's not Clearly. The, the mentor I want to have. Not the right. mentor. Right. Second is, I, you know, I said, you know, this gives me even more drive. To not just look out and be an advocate for myself, but also help other women. Because if I am experiencing this right now, it cannot be just a me problem. Yes, yes. I am yes. sure other women are getting yes. like this. And I remember, you know, just coming back from the meeting, I remember talking with my husband and I, I said, maybe he's right. And he's like, don't you let those people get into right. your head. You know, he was the one who like snapped me out of it. Right? Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Thank goodness for those spouses, those partners that do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is I think sometimes you need those sorts of voices of reason. And actually, some of those male allies can be powerful voice of reason, whether it's your spouse or your friend yes. or your colleague at work. Yes. You also need to know when to walk away from mentors that are trying to be mentors in a cloak of, you know, um, trying to help you, but not actually trying to help you. Trying to help you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. You, I, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but, you know, it basically. No, definitely you did. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you have to realize where extrinsic roadblocks are being put in place exactly. and how to either you have to break them down, take them head on, or you have to find another path that yeah. works for you. Exactly. Right. And that's the key, right? Identifying them and then which direction do you find another path or do you take them head on and conquer them? And that's, right. it depends on the situation, right? It depends on whatever extrinsically is, is causing you challenge. So no, I love that example. And I think it's a perfect example because, you know, we as women in the workplace, 
mentorship is important, right? Correct. But identifying the, the correct mentors, people that will, that have your best interest at heart. And maybe, I mean, to, to your point, right? Glass have full thinking positively. Maybe he, considered, he or she considered himself giving you advice that would be at your best interest. But here's what they missed. They didn't, clearly didn't know Ashwini. Because he would, you know what I mean? He would would have never made that statement had he really gotten to know you. So I think it's so important when we're trying to set up mentorship relationships and have those people that will guide and, and, you know, give us some, you know, advice and different things to really pay attention. Because someone may have, like you almost did to your husband kind of interfere. Someone may have taken that and said, oh my gosh, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I what think, am I you doing? Know, you know. Yeah, and right. I think mentors can make or break situations too. They can. Right? Yeah. Like I, I've had mentors that um, have challenged me. Right. They said, mm. "Why aren't you saying your ambition out loud? What's holding you back?" Wow. Right. Because I, I <gasps> used to have this tendency of saying, "I'm not going to share my ambition out loud because." I, people might think I'm too aggressive or, you know. Oh or, my gosh, Ashwini, <laughs> why don't you share your, I'm telling you so many jewels here, share your ambition out loud. Oh my God, I love that. And that was I one of the that. best advice I've heard from a mentor, right? They said, wow. if you don't say it out loud, just like self-doubt, people cannot see it. Can't see people it. People are not mind readers, right? Wow. They don't know what you want. Yes, yes. And you will hear people saying, I don't think you can do that. It's up to you to do, decide what you do with that feedback, right? Mm. If I take it or you leave it, right? Yes. So he said, but the first step towards your career development is to say what you want, is to advocate for yourself and actually claiming your spot around the ambition, right? You, yes. you have to do that. Um, so like I said, th- that changed my entire, you know, um, discussion tone with my bosses around I bet right yeah it would and and I love because exactly what you said is so true we tend to not do that because we don't want to be thought of as aggressive we don't want to be thought of as you know um you know, uh, loud and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever terminology category, a negative box they want to put that in when we're really just speaking our desires. We really are just knowing what we want and making it know what I love. You said earlier, we're making ourselves become the obvious choice, right? So yes, which I, I'd love that from earlier. We as women just naturally don't do that. Uh, Some of us, not enough. Some of us, not at all. So I love the fact that you found that somebody spoke that to you, poured that into you and motivated you that had I ever gotten that advice early on, that would have been the best for me too. Yeah. And, you know, she also told me like, you know, you will hear people say, you know, put your head down, crush your role, Mm. it'll happen. And she said more times than not, that's not the case for women. It's not. You it's you not. put your head down and you crush your role. You get more work. More the, work. Yeah. More of the same. You know? oh I share that a lot with my clients, and I've mentioned it in another life because I used to be that person yes. in my career. I was head down, man. I was killing the roles, head down, working hard. I just get more of the same. Yeah, <laughs> just couldn't yes. figure out yeah. why it wasn't making the difference. Why it wasn't going. Oh my God! So it's <laughs> so true. But it's those, so true. Those were, I think pieces of advice that really changed the way I approached 
my overall career, right? It mm-hmm. gave me the confidence that first it was another woman telling me this. And I said, if she can do this, right? She's yes. telling me there will not be negative consequences. I should build the courage to do that. So um, it's still a, a growing process. I'm not perfect oh, by any means, right? Sure, sure. But I feel like I've come a long way from where I was. Oh my gosh, Ashwini. No, none of us have arrived, but clearly given your career path, you have definitely come a long way, which is why, and I mean, see 30 minutes, I tell you when I have fabulous guests like you, it's just amazing. (laughs) The 30 minutes is like, poof, it's like we just, I just remember clicking the live button. (laughs) Now it's already gone. (laughs) But uh, this is why I'm so glad this is a two-part story uh, session, because when you come back on May 16th, you're going to talk about ways that women like yourself, right, when you struggle, how they can find the voice. What can they do to build that confidence, to let that self-doubt no longer exist so that it it doesn't matter that it's seen or not because it doesn't exist. So if you're watching this live, thank you, Kiana, and several of you who've joined me live. This has been I know for you, it's like it always is for me, a phenomenal session with Ashwini. You want to come back on May 16th for part two. If you're catching this on the replay, if, you, um, if you're if you out there on LinkedIn, which a lot of you are, and you just kind of listen, and I understand, not a problem, but you want to reach out to Ashwini, uh, please do. Send her a DM, a message. I know she would love uh, to maybe have a one-on-one exchange with you yes. over a couple messages and help you through you finding your voice. But like I said, highly recommend come back on May 16th because this young woman is going to drop some more jewels, some more <laughs> gems like she did in this one. Ashwini, it was such a pleasure. I'm so excited. I'm glad we have, we're going to be seeing each other again in a couple of weeks. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. You know, I think when we do this sort of conversations, it makes me stop and kind of pause and reflect too, right? Sometimes we forget what we've learned. So Mm. it's important to kind of reflect and remind yourself, you know, to bring some of that muscle memory back of what the past. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Oh, it's an honor, pleasure and honor. All right, everyone. Until next time. Take care. If you found this podcast empowering and are ready to master the skill that can take you anywhere, get my free guide, Workplace Confidence, in the resources section of this episode. 